0: I'm sitting down to record this, literally in the middle of beginning to pack up my apartment in Barcelona to leave. I've been here in this apartment for six years now, and it just became apparent that it was time to leave. It became easy, which I never thought getting robbed was going to make leaving a place easy, but I'd been clinging to a place that was comfortable for me even though it wasn't really comfortable for me. I mean, it's the kind of place where I have to wear earplugs to sleep because the street noise is so loud, as it is in many places in Barcelona. But also, I think if you've listened to some of my previous solos or caught some of my Instagram posts, it's not a place I've been very happy, this city. Some people's dream place, but it's never been mine. And so I am packing up to have an adventure. I'm going to go away, I'm going to leave Spain, I'm going to leave Europe for a few months and go traveling and exploring. And And I can't wait to see what I meet there, the people I meet, the experiences I have. And all of that is obviously in service to uh, meeting myself more, to shedding what I need to shed by leaving behind something that has been a comfort zone for me. Even though it's not been the most comfortable of comfort zones, that's not what comfort zones are. Comfort zones are just the way we're used to doing things, to function the most efficiently, the most easily, the most automatically. But it became apparent that this place, this city, this apartment was not a comfort zone that served me. So I'm off. I'm off to go on some adventures. But it has been very stressful because I've not before really experienced the stress of packing up well, of downsizing a three-bedroom, quite large flat, to fit into a, a limited space of a storage space. And so I don't know why, but this move has stressed me out so much, and it's been going on for a month and a half now. So I, I have really been squeezed by it, and it's taken me into some really uncomfortable realizations about what I revert to when I'm stressed and anxious. Well, one of the things I revert to when I'm stressed is anxiety. I've, you know, woken up countless mornings at 5 a.m. worried about selling a particular big piece of furniture or trying to calculate the size of my storage space and just really stressing over this. And it's spilled into other areas of my life. <sighs> and I don't want it to. But I talk about treating yourself with compassion. I teach about this stuff in my mindfulness work, in my corporate well-being work, all of this stuff. But it wasn't until I was listening to a podcast by Shaman Durek the other day. And if you don't know who he is, look him up, find his podcast. It's beautiful. He is from a long line of shamans from an African heritage. He's American, but he just has such wisdom. And he was talking about loving all parts of yourself. And that really resonated with me right now because... I realized in my anxiety and stress, I've reverted to tendencies in which I punish myself. The The shadow stuff really comes out. My high-achieving, perfectionist, self-destruct tendencies, because that's what they are for me. And I know, well, I would say for a lot of people, perfectionism and overachievement are forms of self-sabotage because you set Standards for yourself, which can never possibly be met. And for some of us, that comes from childhood trauma, in which we were punished for never being good enough, so we just had to be the best at everything, and then it was still never good enough. And we internalized that need to beat ourselves up. And so, you can hear my voice shaking, because I'm realizing this is making me quite emotional. This time of stress I've been experiencing has brought a part of me to be healed. Because that's really what this is all about. Whenever things that we're ashamed of, things that we don't like about ourselves come up, they're coming up so that we can heal them. But instead, what a lot of us do if we remain unconscious of what we're doing is we punish those parts of ourselves. We say, God, you're not good enough. Try harder. What's wrong with you? And maybe while we're doing that subconsciously to ourselves, we start to do it to others because that's usually how this works because you can't really show love to others if you're not showing love to yourself. So when you're harshly judging yourself, when you're treating yourself kind of awfully, how do you treat others? Does that stress come out? Like it comes out for me. I'm going to be very honest here. I just judge people on the street and I find myself thinking quite nasty thoughts about others. And then I realize that's pointing me back to something that I need to pay attention to in myself. Because I'm not loving all parts of myself. I'm not loving the part of me that gets things wrong. I'm not loving the part of me that gets stressed under pressure. I'm ashamed of it. I'm supposed to be better than that, right? So those bits of me fall farther behind was Shaman Durek's point in his podcast. And they become sources of shame. They become part of your shadow. You stuff them down because You're choosing not to love these parts of you because they're not good enough, because they don't measure up to this ideal that you hold yourself to. So, and that's a big energetic burden to drag around when you're ignoring or shaming or stuffing down parts of yourself, because there's still parts of you. So, I'm going to suggest to myself, (laughs) and to anybody listening to this, with whom this lands, what you could do instead. What I can do instead. When I'm uh, feeling stressed by all the work I've got to deliver still while packing up my apartment, while cleaning it to perfection, while repainting things, while while reverting to these things that are my shadows. Because to be more specific, some of my shadows are things like I have a narrative that I have to do everything by myself. And then I, I start to feel quite victim-y about it where I'm like, Why will no one help me? And more often than not it's because i haven't asked <laughs> or because i don't expect people to or because when i'm stressed i just do i'll do it myself so of course i'm doing it by myself i'm insisting on it and people kind of back off because not only am i insisting on doing it myself i'm in a mood i'm probably putting off some pretty spiky energy so i then propagate more and more of this feeling for myself that i'm alone that i have to do things myself and then i slide into that victim energy So instead of treating my life like an adventure, I'm treating it like it's happening to me. Like I don't have any control or agency over it. So that initial thought turns into action, turns into attitude, turns into what I manifest around me. And then of course I'm ashamed of it. And then I treat myself harshly. So I've been thinking about what I can do instead because, I mean, I teach people how to mindfully interrupt habits, meaning the narratives we run on ourselves, the habits we do to cope the things that we reach for in stress. And one of the ways to do that, you have to start by recognizing it, becoming conscious that you're doing it, and then interrupting the habit. Because how habits work, if you just think of how your phone works, I use this metaphor. Your phone is designed to become a habit, to be addictive, but let's just say to be a habit. So say your phone buzzes because you have a message. That is a cue. That's the first part of any habit. And then you have a craving, you want to look at your phone, because you want to do the action, which is reaching for it, looking at your message, so that you can have the reward, which is the dopamine hit you get from seeing what's on your phone. And that's just a cycle. That is how all humans work. That is all, how all habits work. And so when I'm in the habit of being negative to myself, of not loving all parts of myself, when I get stressed, that's my cue. And then I run my narrative, you have to do everything yourself. And then I do everything myself. And then my reward is that gratifying, oh, I knew it was the case. I, I don't have help from people. So it's this negative loop that I get stuck in. And apply your own negative narrative loop to that, please, because that is the way it works. So the way to change that is when you become conscious that you are starting on this loop, interrupt it. So rather than having that, craving that gets you into the thinking, that gets you into what is ultimately a reward. It's kind of a kink if you think of it that way. It's like, ooh, I like that pain. You can interrupt it mindfully and just say, ooh, I'm thinking that thing again. And then you get the chance to choose the direction you go. You can either repeat your negative narrative and your lack of self-love, because that's your habit, your comfort zone, if you will, or you can do something different. And I would suggest, and for myself, this is going to be what I do. It's simple. Take three breaths. Tell yourself you love yourself. And then see what changes. What's the reward from that? So simply changing the loop, the negative loop that I fall into, is the first step toward then building new narratives. So I'm going to focus on just interrupting myself. Taking three breaths. Telling myself I love myself. And then seeing what changes in my attitude my perspective, my energy. So rather than doubling down on the parts that I think of as failing and trying to correct my failures, I'm also going to step back and remember myself as a child. How would I treat myself if I were four-year-old Betsy learning to tie her shoes? Think about it. Think of yourself. Picture yourself at a young age when you have a clear picture of yourself. How would you treat that child version of you if it wasn't learning, if he or she wasn't learning things at a certain pace as an adult, you would be compassionate, right? You'd be like, good job. Keep trying. Let me show you again. You'll get it eventually. It doesn't matter. Everybody learns how to tie their shoes or they're just smart enough to switch to Velcro. You know, like think, how would you treat your child self? So instead of Instead of beating yourself up as a failure, or instead of shoving down those parts of yourself that you're ashamed of, and for me, it's my perfectionism tells me I'm a failure a lot. And like I talked about, that narrative of having to do things by myself, I'm going to actually proactively and consciously work on loving all parts of myself and try to use this period of stress, this very stressful situation, frankly where I'm thinking, the other day I even thought, oh, why am I doing this? (laughs) If I could rewind a month and a half and decide not to do this, I would. I'd just be like, nope, you know what? I'm just going to stay here, surrounded by my stuff. I'm not going to sell any of it. I'm not going to leave. I'm going to just keep having to work hard to pay this rent by myself because I'm ready to never have flatmates again. But it, it just wasn't working for me. So I know that this is the only way. And then it came to me. Because I'm in this intense period, just about ready to emerge on the other side of it. Literally, I put my stuff into storage a week from today. It's like being in the birth canal, which is stressful. It's dark in there. You're being squeezed. You don't know what's going to happen next. And it's about to get worse. It's about to get more traumatic. But like, it's game time. It's time. It's time to do this. You can't climb back up into the womb and just stay there for the rest of your life. You have to be birthed. You have to go through that process of being squeezed to get to something new, to get to a new part of yourself, to shed the, the old ways, the immature ways, to be able to grow up, to be able to be something that you need to be in the world, to emerge. You have to go through the pain. You have to go through the pressure. What emerges from these times of pressure is often our shadowy stuff, our dark side The things that we reach for when we're anxious are often those deep, dark parts of us, but they are coming up to be recognized and healed and loved. So start with love, even if it's something that you intend to change or you want to shift about yourself, start with love. Start by recognizing it, because quite often this stuff comes from trauma. It comes from our way of surviving certain situations, certain ways our lives have gone So thank that thing. Thank that part of yourself that's coming up to be healed because its intention has always been good. You've always used that thing to protect yourself. So it does start from love, but you can thank it, tell it you're ready to be done, to grow, to do things differently, and then lovingly send it off and replace it with something else, whether it's just some breathing to let the new thing emerge or whether you know what that new narrative or that new way of being or doing is. So do that process. Interrupt it. Do some breathing. Do a new narrative when you recognize you are reverting to something you're ashamed of, something that's not good for you. And then thank that thing and send it off and leave space for who you truly are to emerge, the healed part of you. So that's it for me. I'm going to go back to packing boxes then I'm going to go to the gym, and then I'm going to pack some more boxes. But I feel better having just processed that out loud because that's what I do. That works well for me. So thank you for sitting with me, for helping me to process this. And I hope that this has been helpful to someone, or maybe a lot of people. What do you do when you're stressed, and how can you love all parts of yourself, whatever they are? Treat yourself as a child. Treat yourself with compassion, and let yourself grow as a result rather than getting stuck. So, have a lovely day, and thank you, as always, for your time.
1: Thanks for getting uncomfortable with me. If you enjoyed this episode, follow and like the discomfort practice wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave me a five star and written review, and share this with other people. Help me to reach new audiences with this idea that consciously practicing discomfort helps us to individually and collectively discover our superpowers and create a society and a planet where everyone can thrive thank you so much to my guests all season go back and listen to a few more episodes to hear more of them they are wonderful humans doing amazing things in the world thanks to my team who helped me produce this podcast and for those who inspire me through their writing their conversation and their support So that's all from me for now. Follow me on Instagram at Reed if you want to get to know me a bit better, some of my thoughts. And in the meantime, stay uncomfortable.